How many times have you been told to strive for work-life balance? If you're like me, you've heard the term countless times at work, in magazine articles and life improvement books, on daily talk shows, and plenty of other places. The idea has become so enmeshed in our society, it has an almost mythic quality to it. For most of us, the modern idea of balance is something we continually try to reach, but can never quite seem to attain. Even if we're in a great spot, life has a knack for throwing us curveballs and disrupting the balance we've diligently tried to achieve. The result is generations of workers struggling to make all the pieces fit like a puzzle, fighting to feel whole and fulfilled. Recently, people have begun to question this mythic life goal, and today we'll weigh in on their ideas. Welcome to another episode of Doorward Thinking. Welcome back, listeners. I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, and I'm back with my friends seeking better ways to think about life and work. Each week, we'll open a new door in our search for clarity as we consider the intersections of art, science, and the human spirit. With me today in the St. Louis studio is none other than... How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? How now, brown cow? With me today... Sorry. Oh, dude. Steve. Loose cannon. With me today in the St. Louis studio is the human Foley board, Stephen Eit. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hey, hey, hey. Are you ready for some B&Es today? We're going to do some breaking and entering, that is, thanks to Dane Cook. <laughs> Kicking some doors open today with doorward thinking. Hobby filmmaker, Daniel Jacob Ison, a.k.a. Jake. Welcome to the show, Jake. Yo. And joining us once again in studio from Cleveland, Ohio, the home of the modern golf ball, Peter Costanzo. Welcome to the show, Pete. Thank you, Nate. Uh, I'm not sure what a Foley board is, and I'm pretty sure the only thing that I've ever gotten from Dan that's a video is a GIF. So going to have to expand more on those uh, offline later. Very interesting. <laughs> Got a whole portfolio, bro. Yet to be seen, yet to be seen. So uh, we just had some dinner, so everybody's a little bit goofy right now. Okay, so normally I try and start these conversations off with a question, but I'm very passionate about today's topic. So I'm just going to get started with a little bit of a rant. Before I do that, though, I need to give a little disclaimer so none of what I say gets taken out of context. Work-life balance is one of those things that's ballooned into a giant concept. Plenty of people write about it and speak about it. There are thousands of blog posts on work-life balance, even on our own Doorward Thinking blog. There are life coaches, chief happiness officers and companies, Instagram and TikTok stars, and they're all working to truly assist others. It's very important, and I'm grateful for all the work these people do to help other individuals navigate life. But one of the things you'll find out about me is that I believe imagery and word choice is extremely important in communication, and I think work-life balance misses the mark. Imagine a scale, like the kind in the movies set in an ancient marketplace. You put things on both sides of the balance to find a just payment. So in this image, work is on one side and life is on the other. On a very surface level, there are several potential dangers here. One is to see work and life as opposed, when instead work is a necessary and good part of life. If one of these sides is too heavy, the scale loses balance. With work all by itself on one side and all the rest of life on the other, this means things like faith, family, health, and friendships, 
it's all packed together on one side. And it makes work seem like this heavy thing we need to accommodate and lug around. It's just not an accurate representation of such a complex topic. Look, I, I know everyone here and all of our listeners are intelligent people who can come to their own conclusions. And we all know that it's not life versus work, even though sometimes it feels that way. With something as important and complex as our lives, though, I think we can do a better job of explaining the concept in a way that people can understand and actually achieve, rather than setting an unrealistic expectation for how life should be. So instead of just accepting the work-life balance explanation, I think we can think deeper and do a little bit better. So for today, we're going to talk about all of the new ways to think about achieving equilibrium between all of these parts of our life. First. I want to ask everybody here, what's been your experience with the work-life balance concept? I've struggled my entire adult life with the idea of work-life balance or equilibrium, as you put it. I think just uh, between what was uh, seared into my brain through my upbringing and then my personal understanding of what those sentiments that were shared with me meant and how I needed to apply them to my life. I think it was it just was a uh, a potion of hardship, um, something that I didn't really understand and honestly never really took the time to step back and review until I got here. Last episode, we were talking about sort of a history of work and evolution and how, you know, it changed over time. And I often, you know, more recently, I've been thinking about, you know, you know, before there were, you know, quote unquote, workplaces, the, the offices or, you know, the factory or you know, the laboratory, whatever, you know, before there were workplaces, people worked where they lived. And all of a sudden now, like the kind of experience that I've had, you know, maybe struggling with that work-life balance like you, Pete, it, it's all of a sudden kind of like just blown up, like, if if that wasn't the thing, you know, a thousands of years of human history, based on that discussion last time, where does this struggle come from? Is it internally, you know, the, the scale? Like, did I put, you know, life on the opposite side of the scale of work? I've seen a lot of posts on Instagram that talk about uh, the the trap of society where, you know, all of the big institutions tell you, to spend the month, get the loan for college, have the huge wedding, buy the house, get the car, and then you are tied to all of that. And so that's ultimately going to put a lot of pressure on one to prioritize work over their life. Or you, you feel like you might not be able to take a step back and think about the balance that you need to have in your life. Think about your own well-being, you know, just taking time to go to the doctor. So naturally, humans, people are going to say, all right, well, I have all this responsibility, this mountain of responsibility that I have to climb financially. And the only way that I can conquer it is through prioritizing work and working hard and making more money. Work life is definitely something that's custom to everybody. Everybody has their own particular what is right for their work-life balance. And I'm kind of curious where most people would probably drop off. Like if you try to make things tangible for them, like what what is like the most appealing? Like for me, I don't know. I don't know if anything would incentivize me not to work on something that I want to work on. 
But if I was just living, you know, paycheck to paycheck and I didn't really care for the job, I mean, I wouldn't be complaining at 30 hours a week and $70,000. I'd probably be okay with that, right? So I, I'm curious about, like, where everybody sees and what, what kind of vision of the future for work and life balance, like, what, what is that? What is that perfect, optimal number that people are searching for, right? At the same time, it seems like we've kind of contradicted ourselves from last uh, episode, kind of thinking about, you know, work as not just that thing that we get paid for, but the other things that are in our life. So can we, that those hours that we're getting paid for, like, that's not just work, right? There's other kinds of work, though, working on the house, you know, working in the garden, you know, doing household chores, um, so it seems a little bit, you know, rejectionist to all of a sudden the, it's these hours that I'm getting paid for that will define, you know, a work-life balance on that great scale of injustice. Unfortunately, Dan, that's the reality that most people face and that they don't even have, they don't feel like they even have time to do the work that you're talking about, you know, doing the yard work, taking care of their dogs, their family. They feel like they're so set back that they need to spend all of their time working where they're getting some type of compensation for it, not just acquiring a new skill or expanding relationships in their community. So when we talk about work-life balance, you know, that's, that's where a lot of people find themselves is that they can't even get to the other work because they're so focused on that that nine to five, likely even more hours than that. So I don't I don't know that we're really contradicting ourselves, but we're just trying to frame that up so that our listeners understand, you know, where where most people are at right now in their lives. But we want them to get to that point where they do have the time to do their yard work, walk their dogs, play with their children, go to the piano recital. All of that stuff is very important to achieve that equilibrium that Nate was talking about at the beginning of this episode. Kind of make every day feel like vacation. Well, I think, um, you know, one of the uh, one, of, one of my friends who was on the Doorward website, he, he said something that hit me pretty hard the other day. He said, you guys are helping to create lives that don't even require a vacation. Right? You don't even need wow. to take a vacation from them. Wow. When Nate says equilibrium, that's what I think about. You don't have to count PTO hours, you know, submit that form. It's just the ebbs and flows happen naturally and organically, which is so ideal. It sounds a little bit like what you were talking about. The workplace was in the home, whether it was a job like carpentry or farming your workplace was literally an extension of the place where you lived and slept and ate. Absolutely. You know, you think about, like, did you have this sort of mental, like, work-life bifurcation? Would you, you just mentioned, you know, farming or carpentry, like, okay, I'm on the, the farm clock right now, and therefore, you know, little Johnny just skinned his knee. Are you not going to go take care of little Johnny for a second here? Right, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put down the plow and you're gonna you're gonna go and and fix up his knee for sure. But that I I think you know farming as as the example like that's a 
you know, that was part of the, that's a lifestyle. You know, it's not just a... It's not just a clock in. Right. There's no There's no punch clock. I mean, sure, there was probably a definitive time, you know, maybe the dinner bell on the, the wraparound porch rings and you know it's time to shut the tractor down and come in for cobbler and dinner. But outside of that, if you're the, the farmer on the farm, if you don't take care of your own health, guess what happens to the farm if there's no one there to harvest? It's probably not going to do that great. Not producing. Right. No harvest. None. <laughs> Zero harvest. Steve, I want to get back to what you talked about earlier because I think it ties in really well about what's that ideal number of hours? Four. (laughs) Oh, wouldn't that be nice? I just want to be able to get in, you know, have a basic 7 to 7.05 job (laughs) Monday through Friday. Is that too much to ask? Well, Steve, don't you think the reality is, is that we shouldn't be checking how many hours we're working? I mean, isn't the idea of the the equilibrium and the the balance that we're talking about where you don't really pay attention to the hours that you work, right? You're, you're pursuing a passion. You know, that's that's a tough one. Here's the thing. I think that it's not completely possible to keep those blended. You're just going to be in positions. I think a lot of people are just going to be in positions that, hey, this job needs to get done. We need somebody to do it, and you don't have that luxury of, you know, taking all that other free time and whatnot. But you can still find that balance in other ways. So that's why you were saying we need robots. (laughs) Well, to build off what you were saying, Steve, sometimes we we talk to some of our people that come into real estate, and you have that expression. Pete, you know exactly what I'm talking about, that, like, I left the 9 to 5 to work 24-7 because... They felt like, I have to get these things done. I have to get these things done. They were trying to find the balance, trying to find the freedom, trying to find that equilibrium. Instead, they're chasing their tail all of a sudden, you know, because there's all these things to get done. Yeah, the lines get blurred there, and they're not setting, you know, boundaries up correctly. Originally, you know, a lot of people had that basic commute before the outbreak and all that. So you had this time to adjust, right? If you had like 15 to 30 minutes on your way to work where you're basically entering the zone for work. And then when you're done with work, you would drive home. You got your commute back and you can mentally adjust. Well, now with everybody working at home, lines are really getting blurred here. And I think we need to really be cognizant with that work-life balance of, hey, I'm at work or I'm with my family right? Or I'm at play. I'm just hanging out, having fun. I can shut off that work mode. So being able to do that is really, really important today. So it sounds like you're saying whatever we're doing at any moment, we need to be present and intentional about what's going on. Yeah. You don't want to leave. You don't want to leave exactly what's going on because you don't want to be at work, you know, crying that, you know, oh, I don't get to see with my family. And then you don't want to be with your family at the beach thinking, oh, no, I got this project to do. For sure. If it's worth doing, right, it's worth doing fully, present, and, you know, with passion for maybe even for that family that you're not with at that moment. That's maybe why you're doing it. It's what's driving you. I told that to myself through various experiences because I, I did I did come from having a commute. And I can tell you that the commute was not a definitive boundary for the workday. And so I actually, now that I don't have a commute, I've been able to, and it's not because I don't have a commute, but it's just because of the the nature of the work environment. I've been able to set up better boundaries, like what Matt was talking about in that 
that last episode, he brought up that locus of control. I've broken a, a piece of that off, and I have it now for myself. But yeah, I don't, I don't know that the commute, maybe not for everybody, was that defining breakpoint. And you made another point, too, that I thought about, is that when you finally muster up the courage to take a break and take a vacation from your job, you are constantly living in a state of fear, like, oh my gosh, what am I going to come back to after vacation is over? I'm going to have to work three times as hard as normal for at least one to two weeks to dig myself out of a hole. That's ripped the inbox, right? Yeah. And you don't even get to enjoy your time with your family because all you're thinking about is a mountain of 4,000 emails that you're going to come back to after a long weekend. It's amazing in the real estate world where we see, you know, the heat breaks in your four family. And it always seems to happen on Christmas. You're supposed to have the day off. You're supposed to be spending the day with your family or whatever. And you can't because now you got to make sure that people have heat because it's winter, it's cold. You got to take care of them. So many times you hear from a lot of different players in the real estate world, I can't take a vacation. I can't get away. I can't even turn off my phone because I got to be available. How do you create that equilibrium in that situation? Oh, well, I, I think we need to zoom out. And, and that's exactly what we're doing today. These are very real pressures that people are facing, what we've just spent the last 15 minutes or so discussing. And it's very tough, extremely tough. It's hard to agree, and it's it's hard to come to a consensus, right? Uh, for instance, one of my really good friends in medical school, we would have conversations like this all the time about going back home to spend time with family, taking care of all the responsibilities at school, like the textbook responsibilities, then all the administrative responsibilities, and then up to all of the clinical responsibilities, and it was a lot to deal with. And one of the things that she said quite often was, oh my gosh, I haven't had time to be a human, mm. right? And it's like, sure, it was said a little bit in jest. We hear it a lot that every joke comes from some truth, right? Like, to yeah. the point that she feels like she can't be a human being. I don't know if it really went that far, but that might be the implication. So to take a look at this, and Steve, to your point exactly, how you said, it looks different for everyone. It's not going to be the same amount of hours. It's not going to be the same amount of family time. It's not going to be the same amount of sleep because we are all different. There's no one size fits all answer to this. So when we look at these individual pieces that they have and how they all fit together, where do you think we should start? What's the important piece to say, I am going to build around this as my foundation for my life? I don't think that we look at it that way, right? You just, you mentioned all these things, like there's all of these pieces of one's life. I don't think that we look at it from how do I fit all of these into work? Your life should exist. And then from there you figure out where work fits into that. And I say this as a, as a new dad, I, I fit work into what my son needs for the day versus trying to fit his needs into work. Two very different outcomes happen based on those those two approaches. One is actually very enjoyable. The other one is very stressful. <laughs> and so I know which one I like better. <laughs> I think the operative word that we're looking for here is justice, right? You're recognizing that we represent a connection to various obligations 
we have to then consider those things, each person being a dynamic human being that has these different obligations, and they have to figure out what is my obligation, right, in any given moment. And like we were talking about, it's going to change, right? Those hours may flux the day and, and things happen that we, we weren't planning for. And in any given moment, we have to see what is the just thing? What is the just choice? I love I love that we can begin to think about this question in that approach, but I think most people are just kind of flowing through life and the river and they're just kind of headed downstream and trying to figure it out as they go. It's hard to, for some people to start crafting out, you know, their own path. A lot of people aren't always inspired to actually go in and do the work to pursue a vision or pursue a defined path. A lot of times it's whatever's the easiest. I think that's why we have a commitment to, you know, do this each week, to step back and, and try to think about what's the what's the game plan. And in a similar way, why we're even doing doorway at all, right? Taking a step back, thinking about the real estate industry as a whole, thinking about how can we help all these people that are, you know, doing that twenty four seven. We're thinking about the tasks that we can automate, thinking about the things that we can set up, right? so that maybe they can go on that vacation, can turn that phone off, knowing, having that peace of mind that this will be taken care of, right? We spend a lot of time when contractors are talking to us, real estate investors are talking to us, the renters, and understanding their pain and how we can you know, eliminate that. I feel like we're, we're taking the right approach here with uh, how we can reach towards that equilibrium. One of the new ways that people are thinking about this dilemma is the concept of work-life harmony, it's something that Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, talks about all the time. He says that work-life balance is a debilitating phrase to the worker. In work-life harmony, you kind of take out this idea of work versus life and turn it into something that is based on giving you energy or helping you feel good so that when you go to that next phase, you know, set up that boundary, go to the next part of your day, you can be productive and happy and fulfilled in that next segment. What do we think about work-life harmony? When you think about some, you know, harmonizing, you know, two things kind of being woven together, going hand in hand, it sounds a lot more pleasant than work-life balance, because you think of that scale, right? Constantly needing to, to balance it out, shift blocks of time over to one side or the other. Now that we've talked, it almost sounds exhausting to try to achieve work-life balance. Work-life work harmony is a little bit more attractive to the ears. Better word image, like you were saying before. Interesting reframe. I think it emphasizes that piece of it working together instead of working to have it work together. That balances, you got to work to have it work. Harmony is you know, peace, you got it together. Yeah, so, so Bezos says, and I quote, if I'm happy at work, I'm better at home, a better husband and a better father. And if I'm happy at home, I come into work more energized, a better employee and a better colleague. Seems like those things that we identified before as obligations, right? You know, maybe uh, you know, duty of justice to, you know, 
uh, an employer or you know duty of justice to you know my family, duty of justice towards my friends, that these kind of stop being obligations and actually things you know that we want to do, right? I mean, I mean they never obligations, you know, in that in that cold you know forced sense of the word, um, and even there, like we we find that harmony. Yeah, you made a made a good point there. It made me think about some of the <laughs> some of the reasoning that I got in my younger years of life about hard work. You know, well, why why do I have to work hard? Well, because that's what you have to do. We are constantly in that mindset of, well, that's because it's what I have to do, and it sounds like you know with what Bezos is saying and Dan with what. You just, you know, the points that you just made, we have to get away from, from that. Look, looking at it as a prerequisite to, to existence. What you just said reminds me of something that you say a lot, right? With this idea of like, you know, get back to living. It's not part of our, you know, our, our slogan or our mission statement, but you know, I think it's really something that motivates us. That that line that you often use, that you know. So you can, you know, get back to living, just like your your medical school friend who felt like she could not even be human. Like that is not the world that I want to live in. Yeah, absolutely. There are so many wonderful, important things in this life that we want to experience and to explore. People that we want to develop in our relationship with, uh, whether it's family, friends, acquaintances. One of the things that I really like about this time that we get to spend together is we talk about things and learn things about each other that never come up during the workday. And so it changes from this two-dimensional workplace persona. Pete, I'm looking at you because you're sitting right in front of me, and normally I see you over a computer screen, to having you here in person, interacting with you on something more than just a work level. Yeah, I mean, I was I was just thinking about that. Me being a third of the way across the country, it doesn't bode well for us to uh, really get interpersonal time. A screen only does so good, um, and most of it is, you know, during quote unquote business hours. So yeah, this is really awesome, and I, I really enjoy this time. Not just with you, Nate. I mean, of course, with you, but with Dan and Steve, being able to do this is invaluable. And I think this can be part of our equilibrium that we have. Like we said it before, it's going to look at different for everybody. So not everybody's going to have that podcast time, right? But a lot of groups of friends do have the time around the fire pit or the time around the kitchen table, whether it's roommates, families. Don't forget about those family pets, too. I'm looking at you, Steve. That is definitely where harmony is, is in those key relationships in your life, in those communities that you build, whether that's work, school, family, friends, interest groups, whether that is within the company, right? Like here at Doorward, right? We're a tight-knit group, and we can take it out of work, and we're friends as well. So it's it's incredible that we get that experience, but you know, sometimes you got to look elsewhere to find and build those meaningful relationships that really help balance work life. And, and one of the things that I think we need to remember is that we can't have it all at once, right? Mm-hmm. So 
we have the ability to get anything whenever we want it just about at our fingertips on our phones and laptops and all of our portable devices. A lot of people working at home now, they're getting it all at once too, where they have their work, they have little Johnny hurting his knee, all these things that they need to take care of. But it's not always about having it all, all the time. It's in those boundaries that we were talking about. Really, I think that requires listening to oneself and thinking about what do I need as a person? What can I contribute to society? And that concept of justice comes back in in order to help us make those decisions to have this harmony, this equilibrium. Those decisions are our own, right? So it gets back to freedom, too. Yes, but, you know, for a long time, I thought it was a, a work problem, like an employer problem. The problem was that it required me to make choices and, and figure things out, step back, review. The problem was within me. So to the point that you just said, yes, we absolutely need to look within ourselves. It's on us as individuals. It's not, it's not anybody else's fault. We're, we have to take responsibility for that, and we can. That's a very empowering statement. You hold the keys. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, Nate, you said that was an empowering statement, but I've seen a lot of people empower themselves. Um, I probably spend a little bit too much time on social media, but I do see a lot of individuals taking that leap of faith to get that, that freedom, that locus of control. It's their decision. They're telling themselves to do that, and it's awesome to see that. Well, thanks, everyone, for a great conversation. Really appreciate your time. This was awesome. Always a blast. So glad to be here once again back in St. Louis. Yeah, your Superman cape is getting quite a bit of work. It is. It is. And, and you know what? That's okay. This is part of the, this is part of the harmony, that harmony that we're looking for. Well, we got we to gotta get you to move out here then so you can harmonize with us all the time. <laughs> all right. If you enjoy discussions like the one we had today, please like, share, and subscribe to Doorward Thinking to hear us weekly on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this conversation. And if you can come up with a good way to communicate the concept of work and life fitting together, we'd love to hear it. Send your comments to podcast at doorward.com, and we may even share your comments on a future episode. We read and respond to every comment and question. If you can't wait, more great Doorward Thinking content from the whole team is available on the Doorward Thinking blog at doorward.com slash doorward thinking. And if you or someone you know is interested in real estate in Doorward, please visit or recommend doorward.com and check us out on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Join us next week for our episode, The Home Office. We'll continue today's discussion by talking about the benefits and challenges of working from home and share ways to keep the work we do at home from leaking into other parts of our life. Till next time, I'm your host, Nate LeBlanc, reminding you that you hold the keys to your life and to get back to living. Hashtag open new doors.